Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. Welcome to Space Floor NBA Podcast. My name is Connor Geelan. And I'm Connor Flannery. This is our 107th official episode. Today, we're here with our partner over 94 feet hoops again, Blake Buchanan, who played D1 basketball at George Mason and Wake Forest. Glad to be back. We got uh, another podcast, another seven-foot guest. And of course, then our guest, Dallas Walton, who played his undergraduate at Colorado, played his graduate at Wake Forest, like Blake, and now he's playing overseas in Romania. So thanks for coming on, Dallas. What's going on, you guys? Appreciate you guys having me on. Shout out to Blake. Uh, that's my connection here. For balling up. He, I didn't get the ball. I didn't get the hoop with him. But yeah, yeah, just miss each other. But great guy, man. And love what y'all are yeah. doing here. So I was actually born in Denver. Um, and my family moved to Arvada, flip-flop between Arvada and Colorado Springs. And um, just due to my dad's work for the most part. Uh, ended up growing up and um, going to high school out in Arvada. Went to Ralston Valley for two years. Um, bunch of stuff went down over there. Just was not comfortable in that situation. Um, and then ended up transferring to the rival school across town, Arvada West. Um, had some injuries, but was able to make some some shape for myself uh, as far as my senior year goes with hoops and. Uh, the rest is history. Got a scholarship to CU. Redshirted my first year. Got injured my junior year. Uh, had a great senior season. Made it to March Madness. Completed, completed my college career at Wake Forest, um, and it was it was a successful year. It didn't didn't achieve all our goals of making like the NCAA tournament like we had hoped, but uh, made the NIT. Made a great run, and I mean brought brought back a. A pulse to Wake Forest basketball that had been missing for a little while. Did you ever have hopes of playing out of state, or was it kind of always the dream to go play at Colorado? Oh, it was the dream to play at Colorado. I mean, I grew up in Colorado, big time university. It was in the Pac-12. Um, I grew up going to all the football games. My dad and my uncles—they're all alumni there. My dad ran, or my uncle ran track at uh, CU as well, uh, and so they were all kind of—I don't want to say groomed, but they're grooming me to kind of go to CU. Was, uh, they were actually my first like power five offer I was just like yeah no brainer this is where I wanted to be the whole time for better or worse you know it it worked out it worked out in in many ways but uh yeah ended up going to Colorado and having the experience of a lifetime there in in those five years that you were there like what specifically stood out as like one like I've made it like I'm here I'm a division one athlete I'm playing in front of thousands uh and then also what is just kind of like a a memory that you won't forget from there from that experience oh yeah i mean so like coming out of high school i tore my acl twice um back to back uh within amount of eight nine months and so mm-hmm. my junior year going into my senior year of high school all my offers gone and it was like we i was we were on a, i was on a good club team you know chauncey bills elite um uh we were we were very, we were competitive. We won a national championship my eighth grade year. Um, had a bunch of offers going to my freshman, sophomore year. And then, you know, once you tear your ACL twice, back to back, things change drastically. Um, and so I had to have a great senior season in order to get a offer at all. And, um, and so, you know, I, like I had a good enough senior season to have like some mid-major offers and um, places, you know, like in the, in the Ivy League as well. 
but in my heart, I knew I was like, I, I was a power five player, but I just, I just didn't have the opportunity to really play enough basketball to show that or prove that. And so towards the end of my senior season, thankfully I, I had a connection with the team doctor at CU who did my surgery on my knees and gave them the green light that I was okay to and good to go. And that's what was able to give me my scholarship offer to go to CU. And so coming from a Colorado high school, growing up in Colorado and then going to the University of Colorado, you know, you have all your high school friends, all your friends and family are there. Um, and so for me, like just being close to home, uh, you know, you, you're not, I would say like you're that guy, but it's like, you know, everybody, everybody kind of knows you, you know, you're, you have a you have a, a great support system around you um and even so like even though i registered my freshman year um due to my injuries from high school i still i still was getting that same support like people were like you know yeah your time's coming just stay patient and it really kind of helped me stay grounded throughout the whole the whole college process because you know some people they won't they may not they might not they may get registered at their freshman year and be like you know what nah fuck this i'm yeah. i'm out of here i'm going i'm transferring Whereas like, you know, like me, I'm like, I'm like, I'm close to home. I'm like, I'm where I want to be. I'm going to just stay patient. And so, yeah, redshirted, had a great freshman year, came out, boom, got most improved player on the team. Um, we didn't make the tournament that year, but uh, it was, it was still a great year um, uh, for our, for, for our team and me and me as well individually. Uh, and then fast forward to my junior year, tore my ACL again. And then thankfully, like I said before, I had all my support system there, coaches, doctors, friends, family, all telling me like, you know what, you can, you can, you came back from this twice already. You can do it again. So, Is it the same ACL every time? So, no. So my, in my high school, in high school, yeah, it was crazy. It was crazy. Man, like, man got no ACLs. <laughs> I was like, yeah, I'm like, I got them robo knees, man. It's crazy. <laughs> got negative ACLs. <laughs> yeah, yeah. yeah, it was twice in high school, my left knee. And then um, uh, once uh, I'm in my right knee in, in, in college, it was a grind, man. It was a, it was, it was crazy. Like after that third one, it's like, man, like, what am I even doing? Is I'm, I'm like getting like these external signs from some, from some higher power saying that I shouldn't be doing this anymore. But thankfully, you know, I had everything I needed to come back from that stronger than I had had going into it. And so that's exactly what I was able to do and play my senior year and my fifth year. Uh, and I would say like, obviously like my most special time probably at CU was, was when my, my final year there was when we were able to make the March Madness tournament, had a great record, were ranked, was ranked basically the whole year. I mean, it's like, you know, that's what you, that's what you work for when you come to college to play basketball. It's like, you know, you want to get to the big dance and, and we, we could have done it the year before, but COVID happened. We so were, we were part of the teams that were going to get selected, but you know, one thing had led to another and no tournament. And so. When you had, when you finally get to go, even though it was in a bubble, you're like, you know what, I've I've done it. Like this is this is what I've came here to do. And then obviously you want to you want to advance as far as you can in the tournament. We only got to round round two, I think. Yeah, round two. I so you did get past George. I'll take I'll take it. So I want to I want to I want to stop you right there right now. So I I go to Georgetown. I'm on campus right now. I'm in my college dorm. <laughs> I'm Georgetown. I'm sorry, man. Terrible, <laughs> terrible. So that was actually so I'm a sophomore. So that happened like, six months before I arrived on campus or something like that. But you guys, I've heard stories. You guys squashed every every hope that we had because we were terrible that year we've been terrible since we've been terrible but we were awful that year i'm sure you know all this 
And then we ran, we were the lowest seed or the second lowest seed in the Big East tournament. We won four games in four days or five games in five days on our Kemba Walker shit. So we get an auto bid. Even if we had won like three of the games and lost in the final, we're, we're not getting in the tournament. It was strictly because we got the automatic bid that we got into yep. March Madness. 12 seed going up against you as a five seed. I wasn't on campus. I heard stories when we won the Big East tournament. People were screaming in the streets. Like it was like in insanity. Like campus was falling apart. And then we have our hopes up. And then you come in and blow us out 96 to 73 on national television. <laughs> and I remember this. I remember this crazy because I had a friend who I played club ball with in Colorado. His name was Trudier Bile. Uh he was he played on Georgetown that year yeah. too. And yeah, he's telling me about like this, this great run that, that you guys had and everybody in the tournament, everybody in the bracket selection was picking that this was going to be the upset of the tournament. 5-12. Yeah, the 12-5, the this is the one. Everybody going to choose this one. And <laughs> I just remember, I remember, I remember like we, we caught fire in a way. I don't, I, I, we, we didn't even know we were capable of that that game no we like we hit like i think like we hit so it was like i don't you, even know you hit an insane amount of threes i don't oh, know yeah, every, like i think everybody on our roster hit <laughs> and it was it was funny it, wow. it was funny just because it was just like it, it to us we kind of took that personally in terms of just like everybody was choosing us to lose that game and uh and also we also came from like the pac 12 tournament where another auto bid team beat us in the championship oregon state <laughs> and they had no business being in the tournament either. But because they won the Pac-12 tournament, they got their auto their they got their automatic bid as well. And they so, kept going, right? Didn't they get they, to they had a great run. That's crazy. Could have been you, you Connor. Yeah. <laughs> could have been your show. Dude, dude, the way our roster is looking right now, I might have to suit up. All right. <laughs> uh, but you guys shot in that in that game against us. We, we shot basically the same amount of threes. Uh, you guys shot, attempted 25 threes. We attempted 24. We made eight of them. You made 16 threes. You guys shot 64% yeah. from three and just <laughs> tore us apart. And, like, all of them, like, so many were assisted as well. Um, oh, yeah. It was just, like, beautiful game. They, were, they were all great shots. And it was just, like, the, 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 the light was just hidden in that gym. That we were playing in a, in a historic gym, Butler's, Butler's historic gym. Um, the light was there was like a middle of the day game. The light was hitting just right. Sun, sun <laughs> shining through. We were just streaking that thing. It was like it was crazy. Dallas, did you did you hit any threes that game? Because I know I know you oh, I got in on the action too. But I know <laughs> I, I, I did some reading on you. I saw you're at, at Wake Forest, you're like an 85% free throw shooter and you're near 40% three-point shooter. So I know you can stroke a little yeah. bit. Oh yeah, it's 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 definitely part of my game. It's something I work on a yeah. lot. Yeah, I I am I'm a I'm a shooter on the low. I'm a shooter on the low. I just, yeah, don't, no. I, just don't, I just don't take that many of them, even though I can uh, do Deshaun Schwartz, who is also supposed to be on the pod, he had 18. Like, he was tearing us you up. Had, you had nine as well. And then Jabari Walker had 24 in that game. Yeah, that was, that was the debut of Jabari Walker, who ended up having – who ended up getting drafted this year, um, 55th in the draft. Wow. Um, but, Great. yeah, that was, like, his freshman – He was it was his freshman year. He hadn't played at all really too much the whole year. And then that was like his game where he just was going crazy from three. And I, I remember vividly, like, I was like, oh, my gosh. Like, that was kind of like the, the game that kind of decided, like, all right, it's, it's, it's time for the young guys to kind of take over this program. And that's when you saw, like, a lot of the older guys transfer out of Colorado. 
Sean went to George Mason. Uh, Dry went back to Tulsa. I went to Wake Forest. Because it was like, at that point, it was like, all right, like, this is the young guys' team now. Jabari is, is like, the, it's kind of like, you know, like the, the cycle. The cycle is continuing at that point. And, yeah, <laughs> Jabari had a great year last year and got and got drafted this well, year. So. Nate Tomlinson was one of your assistants at Colorado. He was my assistant this past year at George Mason. That's my guy. But he was also a player at Colorado. And I was with uh, Coach Childress, Randolph Childress at Wake Forest. He played at Wake Forest, obviously a Wake Forest legend. Is there anything like particularly fascinating to you about being coached by someone who wore the same jersey as you are? Oh, yeah. It adds a whole new element of passion and pride whenever you're getting coached by somebody who put their blood, sweat, and tears in that same uniform on that same floor in front of the same same people. Um, and I remember growing up watching Nate play, leading the buffs. He's a point guard for him. That you know. first Pac-12 championship, or yeah, Pac-10 yeah, at the time. Yeah, yeah, exactly. He was a part of that. He was a part of that. And people love to forget. And, you know, I mean, our Buff fans, I, I, I love them, but I also hate them at the same time because, <laughs> like, as much as they'll praise you, they'll rip you a new one just like that if you start – playing bad or doing something that they don't like, which, I mean, that's any fan base for, for sure. But like, but especially, I remember, I remember like watching, watching Nate in the crowd and watching Nate in the crowd and everybody, you know, loved to critique him, but that dude was a winner. He brings a certain passion that a lot of teams in college basketball sometimes are missing because they don't understand the history of their program. Is he probably brought that to George Mason too. Oh, he has a, he has oh, a certain passion. Him, him, and, him and Kim just be feeding off of each other and they just like, like Kim, because Kim's a passionate guy too. He's Kim could <laughs> take this this AirPod case and tell me how it's changed my life yeah, and yeah. how I need to value it with the most <laughs> utmost respect of anything. And I would, I would, I would believe him. Exactly right. <laughs> I will follow that man to the ends of the earth. I was gonna say like Kim would always be like he would always tell us like pro the game. He's like power. Hunger. He's like, you know, you know, he gets that face. He's like, he's like, hey, hey, I was gonna say, I wish we could get this one on YouTube because that was the perfect face for it. It yeah, was like, like, it was like I was back in the locker room. Yeah. Humility. Humility. He just gets his, he gets his face, and it's just like, oh my god. <laughs> no, nah, he's locked in though, man. He's he's awesome. But him and Nate already have that just intense passion. That's mm. like you're not gonna find elsewhere. So it's almost like giving giving them a superpower, like it's, as it pertains to Nate, giving him a superpower when you have that coaching at your your alma mater. I feel like that also probably applies to a lesser extent just with anyone who has actually been a higher level basketball player, right? Even if it's not for the same program, because there is something to be said about if you're being coached by a guy that you know never played past high school, if that, especially if they're older, it's hard to picture them understanding what you're going through because they weren't really there no. as opposed to like, younger coaches I, who like I had a coach that played at Providence and their like, words seem to have more authority because they've, they've done what like we're trying to do they also get it like they they understand that you're young you know like there's they're like after a hard practice it's like you don't want to just go home and do some homework you know you know let, let me go out and get a beer or something like, you know let me let me let me unwind yeah. or something like they just get it you know yeah they get it they you know like like some coach just don't understand they think like their players are robots or something uh, our head basketball coach is patrick ewing uh, he gets it yeah he gets it and he's the best toy alumni um as far as basketball goes ever 
Um, so that's that's some good authority. Although you know, like we kind of suck, and he's not a great coach. <laughs> it would it would help to win games. Yeah, it would help to win games. It would help to win games. Yeah, it's there's multiple yeah. factors involved, but that's that's definitely yeah. one of them. The, the relatability. Yeah. yeah. Um, Although he seems like he's like the nicest dude. I, I like ran into him a few times. Like he's he's really dope. I wanted to ask Dallas about about your grad year at Wake Forest. We kind of covered your 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 years at Colorado, but um, you kind of got granted that that your way forward to do a couple of like rule changes it's, it's, it's or, sort of an unusual situation and that you both had the added eligibility because of covid and changing transfer rules in the ncaa so i want to i want you to tell us a little bit about um your experience of of switching schools and whether you think that was a positive a, those are positive rule changes whether you're in support of them uh or, or some of the downsides um so there's a lot there's a lot to to unpack with that one mm-hmm. you know, because it's like I mean, first of all, when I had to make that decision, I was doing like this whole Zoom recruiting because you couldn't do any visits. And, you know, you put your name in the portal just like a bunch of other kids did because they were like, oh, we got this extra year and there's no transfer penalty. Let's put our names in the portal. Let's see if we can go somewhere else and do some numbers and try and, and try and make that pro jump. And so, yeah, I put my name in the portal and, you know, you get calls from all these coaches and zoom meetings on zoom meetings on on zoom tours virtual tours and i'm just sitting in my my one bedroom apartment in boulder looking at all of this like wow like that looks really nice uh (laughs) i wonder how that would be and like part of it what part of it was i wanted to get out of the state to experience living by myself and being able to kind Mm -hmm. of like handle being in a foreign area because i've been at home the whole time i've been at high school college my whole life i've been in colorado so i was like you know what i need to I need to expand my horizon, get out and see if I can handle being alone um, and handling a new situation with a new team. I, Wake Forest reached out to me, um, Steve Forbes. He was one of the first people to call me. Um, and, uh, he, you know, the presentation, like I just, under, I just understood like sh- straight, from the, straight from the jump that this guy was not a guy who like messed around at all. Um, he was very straight to the point, straightforward about what I would do, what I would bring to the team, what my role would be. I, I, would, I always say I asked like a lot of my inner circle, a lot of my AU coaches had coached with some of his assistant coaches there. And so there was a lot of coaching connections and, and, and different people that I could go to that would validate everything that he was saying, because it's hard to like trust these coaches sometimes. That's what I'm saying. I tell, I tell all these young kids coming into coming into college basketball, like, you know, don't believe everything that don't believe everything that you're getting fed because, you know, a lot of these coaches love to feed you all that sweet stuff and make it sound good, but once you get there, it's a whole different situation. Like, like, it's, it's that's what I'm saying. Like, you know, you always gotta you always gotta validate everything that they were saying to me was getting validated through my coach. So yeah, I just took a leap of faith because I had I had no idea anything about Wake Forest. I was like, you know, I had I knew the players that went there. I knew where it was. But I had, other than that, I had no idea. So I'm like, I'm going, I'm going, I'm going to Wake Forest. I'm, I'm going to see how it is. Um, I get out there. And I'm, not, I'm sorry to say, but it was nothing like the virtual tour. The campus was a lot smaller. That's <laughs> no, true, true. The virtual tour makes it look like yes. this. It makes it look like this is huge campus. The facilities, the angles were taken just right. So, like, it looks like the weight room <laughs> expands for forever. <laughs> like, the, the, the practice court, it looks like there's multiple practice courts. I get there, there's only one practice court for <laughs> men and women. Once I saw the locker room, I was like, and, and they just updated it this year. But oh, I was just there last week, bro. It's insane now. It's nice now. It's nice now. But on the virtual tour versus 
in person, that locker room was like, <laughs> it was like bottom tier. Man got catfished by weight room. I got catfish. I got catfish. I got catfish bad. I was like, yo, this this locker room is like something you would expect if you went to like a like a small D two. Wow. <laughs> like the, I know. In the hot tub. They're like probably like they, they oh, only get one person. Those. You couldn't fit in though, because uh, so Wake so, was pitching um, the CP3 locker room and telling us we were gonna have it when I was coming into school in 2018, and then, like stuff got backed up, COVID happened, so Dallas was in the same locker room that I was in, and they just literally last week I was at the the grand opening of the CP3 family yeah. um, clubhouse, I guess whatever they're calling it. It yo, it's Dallas. It's different now. It's like they have four couches with flat screen TVs. And I was like, bro, we used to sleep on the carpet floor for boot camp. <laughs> oh, man, I'm telling you, that locker room, like, you know what I'm talking about. Like, you spend a lot of time in the locker room, and I'm like, mm-hmm. people would take the cushions of the couches and put them on the floor in front of your locker. If you wanted to, like, lie down somewhere, you had to, you had to steal the cushion off the couch, put it on the ground, and then lay on the ground. <laughs> That's when, um, bro, bro, literally, we were there last week, and Mike Muse goes, Man, last year in the locker room, like my entire experience, you guys would lie down with the cushions and I'd have to step over you guys. Yes. Glad that's done. (laughs) Yes, we had TVs in there that would never be used. Like, I think, like, (laughs) and then there was like this stereo system from, I think, like maybe mid 2000s. (laughs) I don't know when nobody knew how to work it. (laughs) I was so ancient. (laughs) But when I got there and I was like, what is this? (laughs) <laughs> wait why are we guys sleeping on the floor so much because like, bro if being a d1 athlete you get tired you, you know you i have to sleep I'm, or eat in between class and practice and so mm. sometimes you just gotta go to the locker room and get some snacks and take a nap on the floor but, yeah but you like not in your dorm dallas, dallas you live what like 10 minutes away from campus last year i think he was at the edge yeah I, i'm used to everyone living on campus we have to live on campus first three years here. like you would have class in the morning and you know you get there probably like 8 a.m. You don't have practice till like 1.30. You're like, I'm going to take a nap or something like that before practice. You lay down. If you wanted to take a nap, you just put that cushion on the floor or put two couches, like drag two couches and try and like put them together because they're all single couches. (laughs) Nothing nothing could fit you. (laughs) Nothing. Oh, nothing. And it was like in the basement of the practice facility. So like to go up to practice, you had to walk up three flights of stairs. But I mean, obviously I had a great time there. Um, once you adjusted to like, kind of like the, the the difference between the virtual tour and and what it, what it actually was, you know, it's actually a really good place and a really nice campus and um, yeah, no, it was, but it was it was crazy, you know, it was, it was a little different, like that whole that whole um, that whole recruiting process, and then from there, just with the COVID year, it also meant that a lot of these seniors that came that went back for an extra decided to go pro this year. So a lot of these roster spots overseas in the states um all over the world have were filling are filling up are filling up and have filled up quick quicker than quicker than any other year cuz it's like you know the market is 10 times larger. So so shifting over to 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 your time in Romania now give us a little bit of, of the experience of, of getting recruited then to play over there and uh and signing a contract and then you just talked about quality of life at wake forest tell us about like what are the locker rooms like in romania how's how are the, how's the living situation there 
And my one piece of advice <clears throat> to all these guys in college right now is enjoy it. Enjoy, enjoy the luxuries and the lifestyle that you guys are living because overseas, it is all different. Um, Romania, this team that I'm on right now, uh, CBU, CSU, CBU, they were my first professional offer. Uh, <clears throat> and actually, um, come the end of August, they were my only professional offer. At this point, it's like you want to get your foot in the door because it's good to play somewhere, anywhere, and do, do, do your thing rather than sitting at home and not having a job and then hoping that next year the market is open because it's like teams like guys that are playing playing basketball in, in a professional way rather than not playing at all. Hmm. Uh, and so <laughs> I, I get to I, – I hear about this Romania deal, and I know it's good basketball in this league, but, you know, I know nothing about Romania. I'm like, uh, I don't know if I want to go to Romania. I'm like, shoot, <laughs> all I know, what do I, what do I know about Romania? Transylvania, Dracula lives here. What? <laughs> yeah. <And> I'm like, <laughs> I'm like, <laughs> I was like, you know, I don't know. I don't know how I feel about it. And then I get off the plane, you know, like you get off the plane at Cluj and there's no airport really. You get off the plane and they give like a little stairway down to a bus and the bus takes you to the baggage claim. And <laughs> From there, you you have to watch your bags because people will take your bag. You walk outside and then you're like, "Oh my god, like I'm I'm out here right now." I mean, it's on the it's on the edge of the city, so the airport. Like once you get out of the airport, you're like, "Oh my god, it looks like I'm in a movie of like Borat or something." But then once you get into the city, <laughs> then <laughs> then once you get into the city, then it becomes more of like a Italian style. Like the buildings are really really large, really nice. Um, the streets are really packed with people, active city, really, I mean, it's like, and then, then you realize, like, it's, it's, I wouldn't say it's like America, but it, it has everything that America ha has, it's just called something different out here, I got to CBU, the city's large, they had, like, a festival going on in the park, um, but, I mean, like, the, the locker room, like, it's probably the size of my living room right now that I'm in right now, and it's, like, Maybe nine meters by nine meters. <laughs> like, oh, so like using meters. Transition to meters. Yeah, exactly. Oh, yeah. 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 So just, <laughs> I'm like, I'm already, I'm already, you're old, you're old out over here. Uh, but Wait, it's quick, a small quick power ranking of the locker rooms. See you, Wake Forest, Romania. <laughs> oh yeah. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. Yeah. That that's exactly it. See you, <laughs> Wake Forest, Romania. <laughs> like you, you're sharing, and then we, I get to the stadium. Like you find out that you're sharing this stadium with like multiple other club teams. Like handball is really big out here, so your your wow. stadium it has the nets designed for like handball, but you know it also does have basketball hoops that it rolls out um, for you to play hoops on hoops on with uh, hoops oh, too. Like the traveling, oh my god! In college, you're flying, you're flying everywhere. You're flying, you're flying planes, you're flying commercial. Whether you're flying commercial, private. You're flying, or if it's close enough, you're gonna bust, and it's the com it's a comfortable bust. Whereas out here, like I just got back from Oradia, which is like we just played the top team in the league. They are five hours and five hours away by bus, <laughs> so we drive by bus out there five hours. We 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 go to this hotel, and in this hotel, there's two twin beds, probably about like this far away from each other. You share with a teammate, only one plug in there, maybe. <clears throat> you stretch once you get off the bus, you play the game, and then you have a five-hour trip back. And wow. <laughs> I'm telling you, 
you got to you got to be like, built. You got you got to have a love for the game if you come out to overseas. Depending on where you go, if you're not like one of the top leagues like Spain, ACB, uh, Italy Pro A, um, I would say even Germany Pro A, um, like some of the top leagues, even where Deshaun's at, he's in Euro League. In Euro League, it, it can get rough. It can get rough out here sure, for sure. You got to adjust to to teams that don't have as big of a budget as some of these color college teams do in the states. Dallas, what's what is the, the average like attendance looking like? And of the people that go, what's the response? Oh, yeah. So the yeah, attendance actually, these guys, so basketball is one of the top sports in the country. Um, so they pack the house time and they care a lot, uh, at least here in CBU. As really, far as great. the other in Romania, I do not know. <laughs> <laughs> I know. Uh, sometimes they may pack them out depending on who you're playing, uh, but sometimes it may not be that many people. In terms of the language also, like, obviously, English is not the first language in Romania. Do most of the coaches, your teammates speak English? Or do you have to have, like, translators on staff? Like, how does that work? Yeah, so usually usually when you're on your – when you're in the club, um, and this does, and this is how, how it is for most places that some of these players go, the club and all the players and the coaches speak English. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, me, I'm the only American on the team, so I was worried about that. But uh, thankfully, uh, they all speak English and they coach in English and all of our terminologies and calls and stuff are in English. What's your, as well, too. what's your role like on the team? Like we talked about a little bit earlier, um, how you're, you're a seven footer, but you can shoot a little bit from the outside. Mm-hmm. I want to know a little bit about like, what does your game look like over there? Oh, yeah. So, I mean, um, surprisingly, I'm like one of the more bigger, bigger dudes out here. Uh, so I'm like, I'm more of a pick and roll defender, shot blocker, lob catcher. I'm, this is the older. There's a lot of there's a lot of vets in this league who played in like some of the top leagues in the in the in Spain and ex NBA G leaguers out here too, um, and so uh, I'm actually I'm one of the more athletic dudes out here, so I catch a lot of lobs. Uh, I can shoot, uh, so if I'm if I'm open, I'm gonna let that thing fly, even though there's not a lot of like play set for me to do that. Um, so yeah, I'm more of like a five, five four five four player out here. Kind of, kind of similar, but not, not, not exactly. Like at Wake Forest, I was on the perimeter a lot. Uh, we were running a five-out motion in, at Wake Forest, whereas here, like I'm, I'm running block to block at setting screens. You say you're the only American on the team. That's really interesting. How has that been, right? Because no one on the team really has like that same shared experience. They are presumably all from different countries as well. Maybe they're from Romania. Uh, I'd like to hear about that. And how does that shape? how you guys are as a team like is it harder to have like teamwork and like buying in especially when there's probably a lot of turnover being the only american on the team i had to adjust quick because it's like you can you can become an outsider really quick if you just close yourself off and and don't and don't try and immerse yourself in the cultures that are that you're being surrounded with so for me this team for for the team that i'm on it's made up of guys from romania and guys from spain and those are like the two main languages outside of English that are spoken on this team. And so like, I'm like doing my best to learn Romanian and Spanish at the same time <laughs> while, you know, just be, just opening myself out there. You know, I'm hanging with the different, with, with the Spanish guys one day, or like I'll hang with the Romanians one day. Like they have a lot of advice because they're all, they've all been pros before. Actually, I am the only rookie on the team. And so all these guys that I'm playing with have had like two to three years of experience playing professional basketball. So it's kind of feeding off of that wisdom because they all have wisdom to give you. And it's just a matter of what you want to, whether you want it or not. 
And that's that's one thing that sometimes Americans come over here and do is that they try and make the country that they're in like America, when really you got to adjust and you got to you got to change to wherever you're at. You got to adapt. That's really cool. What, what's an example of something that you've like, picked up on like, from a culture like? So this is like um, I mean, like even like with the restaurant. So like what what's nice about our deal with our team is that they give us that like we go we have this restaurant that we go to that gives us free meals, free free lunch, and free dinner every day. Um, but the people that own the restaurant and work the restaurant, they only speak Romanian. So you got, you got to know, you got to know how to talk a little, you got to know how to order food a little bit in Romanian. Um, and you got to be open to trying some new dishes, especially when you're on the road, you don't know what you're going to get, uh, like stuffed cabbage sometimes, that's, on, that's a new dish I had to try. Uh, so it's pretty, it's pretty good, it's pretty good. You, you, get, um, you get your key phrases like, buna, buna it's like good morning, you're like, okay, uh, can I have the chicken with with pasta, some poi 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 con orez, you know, chicken and rice? I'm like, all right. Yeah, yeah, you're busy. Give me that, give me that chicken. <laughs> I've been eating so much chicken out here; it's crazy. <laughs> free lunch, free dinner, and lots of chicken. That sounds pretty good to me. Oh yeah, you know it's a good deal. It's a good deal. You just gotta, you just gotta, you gotta, I, I, you gotta, you gotta find ways to change up your chicken. Uh, I'll be putting like ketchup and mustard on it sometimes, or you know, <laughs> it's all grilled chicken. You're getting this advice from these older guys, and and you're doing these five hour bus rides, and and learning new languages and experiencing new things. So as you're going through all of this, where do you hope that it will take you long term? Where do you see your hoop game taking you? You know, five years from now. Oh, yeah. So my goal, my goal is to get to the countries that I've always wanted to play in, which is like, you know, like if I'm gonna do this overseas thing, I want to experience, I want to experience at the at the highest level. Mm-hmm. So like, like I was mentioning, like, you know, Spain, ACB, they got Barcelona, Real Madrid over there. Um, Valencia, you know, it's a, a, Italy, Pro A, that's another top league. Um, I mean, yeah, even even Germany and Poland, those those leagues are really good, too. But you want to keep on leveling up the competition, which will also level up. Uh, how much you're getting paid and so like you know overseas you know like the goal you you know you, your career especially as a basketball player is not very long and so for me especially coming off of three ACLs I want to make sure that you know I'm, I'm I'm doing what I can to make the most out of my career for me especially it's just like as long as I keep on leveling up I can make more money over here overseas than I probably could have if I tried to make it in the G League over state in the, in the states or like yeah but I mean, eventually, you know, my, my goal is to come back to the States if that's a good, that's, if that's a possibility for me. But um, for me, especially like I'm a very personable guy and I, I like kind of learning new cultures and, and, and new lifestyles. I don't mind being overseas at all and, and making my money over here. The whole year at Dallas, but I know him pretty well at this point, And he's definitely one of the most well-rounded people I've ever encountered. I, I think like, I mean, just talking, I was like, hey, what else do you want to talk about? non-basketball logic like, oh we can talk about chess piano snowboarding i'm like dude you're hitting all the different <laughs> all the different areas of, of life man how can okay so do, do you uh, actually still snowboard okay so since i've since i've been in Explain that one college i've not been able to snowboard in high school though i was i was up on the mountain every weekend i was up in eldora i was i was up there yeah. shredding steamboat seven shredding. feet but Oh, oh yeah, I had the biggest board on the mountain. I was down. <laughs> I would always rent it out because I was growing so much in high school that like I never wanted to get a board myself because I was like I'm gonna outgrow it. So I'd always rent it out. Um, you want to rent out? You want to rent the board when you're 
at the bottom of the mountain because when you get up there and you try and rent it, they'll charge you an arm and a leg. I was I was snowboard I was snowboarding a lot in high school, and I know once I'm done with this hoop thing, I'm gonna be back there. But uh, that bro, that's my same logic with skiing. I was like, yeah, I'm done now. I'll, I'll I'll take the risk again. So I'm trying to go back out. Yeah, there exactly. Oh no, man, we'll, we'll you got to. We'll definitely yeah. hit the slopes, bro. Oh yeah, I'm yeah. Start with some green. Really you start with some greens, and then we'll wake up. We'll work our way up to some double blues. <laughs> Imagine how like starstruck you would be if you're a little kid like skiing on the bunny slope for the first time, and a seven footer is just <laughs> flying down the mountain on a snowboard. <laughs> Uh, out the way i i don't understand how one of your acl injuries wasn't from that how do you you stay up basketball is way more dangerous than snowboarding and skiing you'd be surprised (laughs) that's a quote and a half right there where did you get all these different off the court passions from though and like was there anyone in particular in your life that introduced you to well because i've been like dallas's apartment he's got a chest for you in there whenever a group, big group over there. There's always two people playing chess. Like he's facilitating tournaments. Oh, and you're talking yeah. about That's piano so dope, and stuff. Bro. Like who who instilled all of this in you and like got you to cultivate these talents? It was my mom. It was my mom because my mom, my mom, she's she grew up in New York. She grew up in East Harlem. Um, she worked on Broadway for a little while too. She just doesn't like sports. Like plain and simple she just doesn't she like when i was in aau like in high school like she she didn't know whether i was gonna make it or not with this basketball thing so she would my dad would always ask her if she could if she could take me to uh my club games or my high school games and she would she would take me reluctantly Um, but she would always be like knitting or like reading her books while while i'm playing like she just did not care at all um growing (laughs) up (laughs) <laughs> growing up uh she had me taking piano lessons for five years while i was doing basketball because she's like you're not going to be just a basketball player you're going to do something else so she had me doing piano lessons she had me riding horses oh, yeah. <laughs> i refuse to believe you can ride a horse if y'all know that famous photo of vladimir putin shirtless on a horse that would be nothing compared to Seven foot one Dallas Waller. His feet would touch the ground. <laughs> I do not accept that that is a thing. Physics do not allow Snowboarding that. and horse riding. Hey, wow. Yeah, no, she had That's... me doing. She had me doing Western style horseback riding. So I would ride bareback sometimes. I would, I would have to learn how to put the saddle on the horse, strap that thing up, brush the horse. Wow. I was I was in it. I was in it. Wow. I was out there Western cowboy riding. Wow, he's hitting all the colorado stereotypes right now i'm sure i was gonna say the the like the long fingers the wingspan at least had to have helped for piano right like if it oh, even yeah. if it hurt your snowboarding and horse riding career like the P, your piano game has got to be up was, there uh, no at a point in time i was i was elite at piano and then like you know i kind of like drifted away from it but it's like you never forget it's like right it's like riding a bike a little bit yeah. you know you, you never forget how to do it you just you just take breaks from it you're like all right i want to I want to focus on. I just want to put more of my attention in something else. Put more hey, I can still the play the first half of Jingle Bells because I took piano lessons when I was six years old. That's the only thing I got hey, left. But you know the first hey, half I'm telling Bells, you, right? It, it never leaves you. If you if you had to choose one non basketball thing, where you're like, man, if it wasn't basketball, that's where I would have poured so like the main, like most of my passion into. What would it what what would it be? Because there's a ton of options to choose from, clearly. Yeah, you know, it it either be between tennis or 
piano. Like I love music, and I was. He introduces a new thing too. every single time. Um, That's dope. The chess thing is cool too. Oh yeah, no, I love chess. I love chess. I was putting the whole team on the chess. Like I literally, I literally <laughs> bought a chess board and had the clock out there. And Miles was supposed to be on this call too, too, but I put him on the chess. And that dude got super nice at dude. chess. Like I'm telling you, he was like we were Very online good. playing online. I used to whoop his, I used to whoop his ass. But now <laughs> he is like a chess. He's he's good. He's really good. Wow. Like as, well, as far as like rating stuff, he's like a thirteen hundred. And like I would say, like I'm like maybe like a nine hundred, and that's like good, but it's wow. not great. Interesting. I remember when I was in like third to fifth grade, I randomly did a bunch of chess tournaments in in no. New York in New York City, and th- those shits are fun. I remember I whooped all the all the kids' ass when it was kind of like the rookie tournament. So I was like, compared to other kids who was like it was their first or second tournament, I was like. I was like LeBron, but then I, I then I, I got into the bracket. It was too good, and then I, 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 that was the end of my professional chess career. Oh yeah, no, it gets it gets hectic once you get to somebody that like has like a strategy for you. Then you're like, okay, yeah. I got I got to change. I got I got I got to get it right. Yeah, like with, like with gambits and shit. Yeah, yeah, opening oh like different openings and stuff. Yeah, like, they've been studying yeah. the game for a while. Oh no! Yeah, <laughs> yeah. yeah. yeah I, I used to go down to Washington Square Park and then, like you, you can just play with strangers like for mm-hmm. money. It, it's cool. Yeah, you got to watch out for those hustlers though. Fourth grade. The Romanian airport has you on edge. So nobody in Romania is challenging me yet, but I don't have my chessboard out here, so I got I got to get right with these people. So so Dallas, usually what we end with is um, what's your why? Why are Do you, you have this passion for basketball? what is the motivation behind all of it? But and in general, it's like, why do you work so hard and find yourself so passionate about all these other things in life too? Just really, what's your motivation behind putting the effort into things that you do? Especially oh, yeah. given your ACLs and, and now like playing in Romania, right? You've, you've had to deal with a lot of adversity. So we'd like to hear especially from you. And, and Olivier Sauer was the one who brought this to us in our last episode, but we're carrying it forward now. Oh, no, no, I like that. I like that. I mean, and for me, my why is my family. I mean, my family now and my family for the future. I'm building a foundation, a uh, foundation, solid foundation, which will help my family, my kids, my, my parents uh, live a live a life that they deserve and live a life that live a life that, you know, that they can they can try all the things that I tried my, as a kid. You know, they can they can be diverse and, and, and do what they want to do. They don't have to um, succumb to uh, a job or, or do something that they that they don't aren't passionate about, you know. And I think that that's important. Like my for my for example, my grandpa he's going through some health issues. I'm I'm doing this. I'm doing this for him. You know, mm-hmm. he some he needs some surgeries. He needs some help. I'm, I'm I'm out here. I'm out here helping my family. You know, it's like it's all for me. At the end of the day, uh, my family's been my biggest support system. Is why I stayed at, stayed home for so long, leaving high school. Um, and it's the reason why I continue playing basketball, even after the, the, the stress that I put my body through with three ACLs. <laughs> and yeah, so yeah. for me, it's um, my family. No, no, absolutely. Like, I think it's amazing what we can do when we pour our hearts into others. And that's a big reason why you're at where you're at and why you're going to continue to grow, man. So we appreciate you sharing, um, yeah, and just having us baffled at all your incredible talents, basketball yeah. and beyond, man. Man, I appreciate you guys having me on, man. It was it was it was a fun time. It was a fun time. Let me know. Let me know next time y'all get to get track on here. I'll definitely hop back on. Yeah, exactly. All right. Thank you so much for listening to this episode of Space Floor NBA Podcast. We hope you enjoyed. 
Uh, you can find us on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, and YouTube, all under Space Explore NBA Podcast. Uh, and also follow our Instagram at Space Explore Podcast and on Twitter at Space Explore. And thank you so much. My name is Connor Gielen. And I'm Connor Flaherty. And see you guys next time. Peace. Thanks again, Dallas. Thank you, guys.